Welcome to the Roar podcast sponsored by Veeam Software. Roar is the brainchild of Source to Create or S2C, a media and marketing firm. I'm Jennifer O'Brien, the host of Roar and co-founder of S2C. I'm thrilled to be welcoming Nathan Steiner, Veeam Software's head of systems engineering ANZ, to the podcast, which is titled Accelerating Digital Transformation, How to Gain a Competitive Edge Without Risk. Nathan is an executive leader focused on transforming and enabling customers to intelligently design, deliver, and manage interconnected systems across private, public, multi, and hybrid-based cloud environments through the digital era. Working for banks, government, and a host of IT firms, Nathan has been a CTO, Infrastructure Architecture Design and Strategy, an IT architect, head of Workplace Services and Engineering, and a Sales Engineering Manager. Interestingly, here's a fun fact, Nathan is a former state, Australian, and world champion in the sport of surf lifesaving and a former Institute of Sport Athlete and Sprint Kayaking. Actually, he is a and is and was an Ironman. But now, in this episode, we'll be discussing the challenges and opportunities in the march towards digital transformation and how companies can protect businesses while gaining a competitive edge and without the risk. Now, certainly, this is a very important topic at the best of times. And now with remote working and the ongoing coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, and the growing cybercrime activities, it's even more important and really something that can't be ignored. Essentially, Nathan and I will be discussing accelerating digital transformation, how to gain a competitive edge without risk. And indeed, we want IT leaders to know that IT can move from managing to transforming, and there's a way to de-risk high-value transformational projects that drive the business forward. So let's jump in and hear some interesting market insights and some sound advice. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you, Jen, for having me. Thank you for the intro. Thank you very much. Um, Nathan, you're known to help customers adopt simple technology strategy and execution plans. So what can you tell us are some of the main pain points and challenges for customers as they embark on this digital transformation journey? Yeah, absolutely, Jen. I think I always start off with... Uh, you know, when we're using some of those words, it's very easy to get caught up in the, in the thought process of just using those words. But what does it tangibly mean to, to customers and organisations that need to go on that journey? And I thought long and hard um, over the course of the years with the customer interactions, being a customer myself and taking um, a lot of organisations on this journey is it really needs to be tangible. So when I look at the three things that are really, really important to any project, any program, any decision that an organisation is looking at taking when it goes on that digital transformation journey, I really focus on three things. And the first one is, is the program, the project, the activity, is what you are doing going to truly redefine the customer or citizen experience? There's that customer squared uh, philosophy. Is it really going to redefine the customer and citizen experience? The second one is, is the program, the activity or the project going to enhance productivity? And how are you looking at driving that productivity? Typically, it will need to be done through automation as part of a digital transformation journey. And then the third one to those pieces, activities, projects and programs is how are you develop, de delivering competitive advantage, competitive differentiation? Is what you are doing going to truly drive change, not just with your customers and citizens in the experience that they have with you, the productivity that your organisation and the customer 
is benefiting from? Will it drive competitive differentiation and competitive advantage? It's those three things that I think are, are most important in any program or journey that an organisation is going on. Okay, yeah, not just focusing on cost, but really what is the business outcome and how is it going to deliver change? And those metrics typically come out of, you know, well, are what we're doing going to redefine? Is it going to enhance productivity and what competitive differentiation and advantage do we get from it then you start looking at some of those metrics that matter which happy to happy to talk yeah. about okay yeah and that might lead into the next question um what are some of the main trends that you're seeing resonating with customers at the moment the the big trend is what applications what systems services and data centric assets do we need to place within a hybrid cloud ecosystem i think you know that that biggest uh, that's got to be one of the biggest trends. And how do we manage risk? How do we manage cost? And how do we deliver uh, the end state outcomes that the business is looking for as part of that? Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about um, the data-driven organization. I mean, we hear hear a lot about it, but can you tell us what is it and why does it matter? Absolutely. It ties back into, I think, uh, what you were speaking about around digital transformation. When we talk about digital, a lot of the uh, centricity around that is based on data. That is now the asset and the core IP that every organisation is looking at in how it leverages better decisions, faster time to market, better competitive advantage. How does it deliver in a very competitive landscape um, better output and, and better delivery of customer outcomes. When we look at data now, you know, the three key uh, trends that we're seeing with data that make it so important to an organisation is it's growing. When we look at data out on the edge with the Internet of Things, when we start looking at connectable devices and when we look at every industry and vertical, how it's using data out on the edge, it's growing significantly. It's sprawling. So when we look at the vast array of applications, services and systems, where they're all sitting, it's not just now sitting within a particular organisation, but there's a broad ecosystem where that data interconnects. You've only got to have a look at some of the data that's being produced with the COVID-19 modelling. It's incredible. That's all around unified analytics. Some of that data may not be sitting in single silos. It's certainly distributed. And the third one is criticality. So that data is becoming more and more important to the organisations, not just in terms of how it can deliver competitive advantage, but also in the context of regulatory compliance and governance. If your government service agencies, how do you protect it? How do you manage it? How do you ensure privacy? When you start looking at all of the different legislative and regulatory requirements that financial services is being impacted by, how do they maintain criticality over that data with respect to protecting it, making it private and making sure that within the sovereign regions that those particular organisations are doing business, it continues to, to remain compliant. Yeah, and that's why obviously digital transformation is a journey. It's not just a one-stop shop thing. It's a constant um, journey. Now, speaking about that, um, let's talk a little bit about um, how companies that accelerate their digital transformation, how they stay competitive, which you've mentioned, and how do they do so without the risk? Maybe what's your main advice on that front? risk is always part of a risk matrix and so I think Jen when you talk about you know how do they do it without the risk I don't think they can ever do it without the risk I think it's always about what 
processes, guardrails, methods and approaches and frameworks that they use to identify risk, manage the risk, look at the likelihood, the consequence, the impact, and then formulate the costs associated with that and then how they can manage that to get towards their outcomes. I think assessing risk and knowing how to mitigate it and managing it is the best way to drive um, a seamless, stable approach through disruption. Okay. And, and what, do, what would you want listeners to walk away knowing today? I guess what's your biggest message? I think when we look at uh, Veeam as a software company, a lot of what we do is with our, our big alliances. And so, you know, one of the strong plays and integration touch points that we have that's driving a lot of value in the marketplace today, if we use, you know, one of the big juggernauts from an alliances perspective is HPE. And, you know, we drive a lot of um, simple, flexible and reliable solutions that integrate uh, together. So in terms of the takeaways, I think it's always very, very important to look at from an ICT perspective, your technology stack. Having a look at what underpins your technology stack and how that needs to meet the requirements in a simple, flexible and reliable way when you're going on a hybrid multi-cloud ecosystem. I think uh, the technology stack needs to be uh, tightly integrated, yet absolutely flexible when you're talking about protecting, managing and making recoverable that important uh, repository of asset, which is your data. That data is sitting in a number of different silos in a very distributed way, decentralised way. How do you make sure that you get consistency with your solution stack to ensure that you can manage it, monitor it, make it well protected, well recoverable, irrespective of where it's sitting? And so between Veeam and HPE, that's very much a strong play that we drive out into the market in terms of the value across a hybrid multi-cloud ecosystem. All right. And I think that message will resonate today. Um, so given the current storm that we're all going through. So I guess how can companies, um, given the situation we're in and sort of that bulge in remote working, um, how can they protect themselves in this ever increasingly risky business landscape? I think protecting themselves is always making sure that it forms part of their, their risk management strategy, constantly looking at those elements of your technology stack and how it needs to continue to meet the ongoing and ever-changing requirements of your, your particular business. Um, as we've seen in, in, in recent times, the ability to adapt, change and be agile, um, particularly in the communication technology landscape, going from a remote working, having a look at your systems and your data sets and your applications, where are they being hosted? How do we drive connectivity where we had a centralised population of our workforce in a particular location? We're now having to distribute that. How do we manage the risk of not only access but also availability? And where do we need to move that data? Where do we need to place those applications and workloads across an interconnected ecosystem? system if uh, we haven't been able to get access to the physical locations with which that data is sitting. Yeah, and it's, it's very complicated in this day and age, all the factors that you have to go through. I mean, data management and protection at the best of times is um, should be essential, but even more so now. I guess if you could sort of put your crystal ball on and talk about what's next on the horizon, um, maybe some future technologies that you see? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think, uh, you know, it, it all centres around data and I think the, the, the data analytics um, context is really what's going to drive that next wave of, um, of technology investment and how organisations can leverage and extract more and more from the data insights that certain technologies are able to drive. And one of the things that's making data protection come back to the fore and come back and elevate itself into CIO and C-level mindshare is just how important its data repositories are and where those data repositories are, are sitting. So if you look at um, you know, deep retention of an organisation's business processes and systems of record, a lot of it sits in backup. And backup traditionally and historically has always been used as an insurance policy to make sure it's recoverable, available when you need it in the event of a disaster. What we're seeing now uh, and why it's elevating into sea level mindshare is that backup and historical data is very much an important piece of the data analytics puzzle that can help drive a lot of decisions and future value for organisations. So having technologies and being able to leverage and look at your data protection vendors and look at which ones have the capabilities to be able to move from data protection into data management and data analytics and combine as an ecosystem with all of the different technology sets, uh, particularly in AI and machine learning, how do we leverage and interconnect and get access to all of the um, data that's been sitting in my backups that I've had sit there, sitting there lying dormant for regulatory compliance and disaster recovery requirements, how do I turn that from a backup lake into a real-time data lake and, and integrate that into, into real-time business yeah, value? Yeah, you just utilise the intelligence that you now have. I mean, data obviously is the new oil as we talk about. So how can you move forward and gain that competitive advantage? But um, Nathan, you talk a bit about the importance of your vendor alliances. So can you highlight for us what value the Veeam and HPE relationship brings? Absolutely, Jen. I think Veeam and HPE have had a, it's probably one of our most important, most strategic, and has generated you know a lot of value over the 11 or 12 years that Veeam has had the relationship with HPE. And it all started... Uh, you know, back when we were doing joint reference architectures and looking at both of our solutions and driving best practice into the marketplace with particular customers and organisations and, and joint Veeam and HPE. And then it went to a com another level where, you know, both product management teams started to get together and drive that tight integration. And if we look at a hybrid multi-cloud ecosystem and the challenges of data protection and data management, it starts from source, front-end storage, uh, storage technologies through to your secondary storage technologies that may be on-prem with managed cloud service provider environments, co-location environments, into the, the, the hybrid multi-cloud ecosystem of, of your hyperscaler environments as such. And for us, from a technology integration perspective, we have tight API-driven integration with uh, all of the Primera, HP Primera, Nimble, 3PAR, uh, our secondary storage with StoreOnce, uh, Apollo for short-term, longer-term retention. We integrate with their protocols to drive deduplication and really drive that value for a customer that's looking at an ecosystem that's simple, reliable and flexible and can be worked across the entire stack between two strong vendors. 
Thank you very much, Nathan, for your thoughts on that. Um, well, that's the end of our show today. Thank you, Nathan, for your in-depth insights and practical tips about accelerating digital transformation, how to gain a competitive edge without risk. To recap a key takeaway, Nathan has advised businesses to manage your transformation risk towards hybrid multi-cloud in simple, flexible, reliable way between two trusted market-leading vendors. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye, and have a great day. Mm -hmm.